with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. I am Ron Colt, your host, the gatekeeper of the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable, the mystical, the magical, the macabre, New England's own Van Helsing. And with me is not the blonde bombshell. She's working again. Uh, but I have the next best thing. I have the, I think she's brown-headed bombshell. Uh, tour guide, author, Roxy Zwicker. Are you brown-headed? I can't, I can't, re- I know you have Doc here, but that's all I know. <laughs> you, you are actually correct for once. I do have brown hair. Oh, wow. I got it right. That's good. Thank you so much. Uh, Roxy, of course, is the proprietor of uh, New England Curiosities, which has been around as long as I have. And uh, it's the premier ghost tour here in New Hampshire and, and probably uh, New England, if I could say it, without insulting too many people. Uh, I've heard nothing, nothing but good reviews about your tour. So there you go. Well, well, thank you. I, I, I feel like uh, I've been at it forever. Next year will be 22 years. So, yeah, it's been a minute. God bless you. <laughs> 22 but years. I, I'm, God, I... I'm glad to be here. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So, you still with me? Yeah, I'm still here. All right, I'm confused. I just got a, a, a Q thing, but I don't know. Oh, wait a minute. It's at another place. All right. I get so mixed up. So <laughs> anyways, I'm back. Uh, yeah, I was in the wrong screen. Okay. Anyways, uh, yes, Roxy. So Roxy has also written about three dozen books, maybe four dozen, I don't know, on all kinds of cool subjects. Uh, how many is there, Roxy? And I, I know I exaggerated a little bit. <laughs> so um, I am currently the author of eight published books on New England history, folklore, and ghost stories, and I am working on two others, which should be released if uh, if I can finally close the cover on them um, for next mm-hmm. year. Oh, excellent. Most excellent, actually. So how did you ever get involved in, like, the subject? Is it something that you've always enjoyed since you were a little bimbito or... Is it something you acquired <laughs> afterwards? So, uh, so, so back in my uh, my little Bambino days, um, I don't know. I mean, I grew up in Massachusetts. You know, not not too too far from mm. um, you know where you guys are. And I, I really think just living, you know, living in New England um, brings about so much interest in not only the history but the stories and, and sometimes the unwritten history about a lot of these places. So I was always that curious kid on, on the field trip that wanted to know more of the dark and macabre history or if there were any ghost stories. And I really wasn't too shy about asking about that. And, you know, as a kid too, I had had, you know, a few experiences of my own that I didn't really quite know what was going on. Um, but there was definitely something that had caught my interest. And then I think, you know, on top of that, next to my elementary school was this of 
amazing house was built in the 19th century and all the, you know, all the kids would peer through the trees over the fence and say it was haunted. And we never really knew why they called it haunted. It just, mm. it just looked haunted. So, <laughs> um, I mean, it's just that curiosity about ghosts, really. Mm-hmm. And if you, you've written uh, several books on, on cemeteries, I think it's Massachusetts Book of the Dead, New Hampshire Book of the Dead. Uh, God, I can't remember what other ones, how many there are. But, yeah, the, the cemetery book, the, um, the newest cemetery book is the main book of the dead, which um, was, which came out a couple of years ago now. It was so much fun to write because Maine's such a huge state. So, I mean, for those who don't know, they're, they're excellent books. Uh, uh, they're a must-read for anybody who loves uh, grave story, graveyards and, and cemeteries, for sure, like uh, my good friend, The Blonde Bombshell. But... Uh, there's so much research that goes in. That's the thing that, that simply amazes me. How do you find time to find all the research? I'm sure you don't sit on the internet and do it, because I know that you go out and actually visit these places, a lot of them. I, I do, and I, I prefer to write only about places that I've been to, like cemeteries and, and gravestones and you know um, old houses and things like that, because you have a, a different appreciation of what it's like there and then how to convey that, which I think is really, um, I think it's one of the most interesting things about how I write is I try to write like you're walking through the cemetery with me. So when I, when I initially go to a cemetery to research it, I'll walk around, obviously try to see as much as I can. I take lots of pictures. Um, I always, if, if, I, if it's available, I try to go to the town library. I can't even tell you how many libraries I've visited in New England for research. Um, I've gone to college libraries, uh, historical society libraries, um, going to lectures, uh, which a lot of people don't realize that, you know, I was saying earlier, a lot of our history is, you know, it's passed down, but nobody's written it down. So being able to talk to people and ask them if it's okay to share their stories or to get tips on cemeteries that you might not know about um, is, is a big part of it. Uh, there's a lot, a lot of ability to research online right now, but it's really not everything. There's, there's so much more out there, um, you know, and going back into the microfilm and the newspaper archives and things like that, it just adds all these additional layers. So it's, it's really a multifaceted approach to try to get as much information as I can about a cemetery or a location. So when you investigate in a library like that, try to find, and you go into the microphone and newspapers, how do you start? I mean, do you, are you go in there with an idea of, of about a particular grave or, or, or how do you, how do you actually start researching in the library for on the microfilm and thing? I mean, you got to have a starting point somewhere. You do. So, you know, if, if it's a, if, you know, if it's a cemetery, I try to find out, you know, how old it is, and, and God knows our, our cemeteries, you know, here in New England go right back to the, you know, the earliest 1600s days, so trying to at least go in with some names, um, and, you know, I try to go through my photographs to see, you know, what are the, the gravestones that might have a story, and bringing those names in, um, and then starting with the earliest newspapers that I can find, and it's funny, a lot of the really old papers that I research are from like the 1700s, and they're almost almost impossible to understand um, sort of the, the language and the way that they're speaking in that old writing. You almost have to, 
oh, yeah. uh, decode it in its own way. Um, mm. it's, it's, it's English, but it's very different English than what we use today, which is kind of fun to go in and decode some of those stories. So just as a quick example, um, there was a, a, a cemetery in Maine that I was researching and it ended up bringing me to uh, to Massachusetts because the person that was um, buried in Maine was originally from Massachusetts. So I ended up putting in his name and I found, you know, I found this um, information story, how he lived in Cambridge, Massachusetts before he moved to Maine. And there was actually a lot written about him because he was a doctor and he brought that history with him up to Maine. So it was interesting to go back to that time frame to research his name and then, you know, brought me back into, you know, the, those historical archives. But it's also interesting to know, you know, so many people in writing about New England, you know, they traveled from, from place to place, settling these different towns, and then you'll find them in the cemeteries. So it's, it's an interesting sort of trace back into, into the history via names and dates. Right. I mean, uh, your books, uh, when you, you look at an entry in the book on a, on a particular, like a grave or something, and, and there's a, a good story there, there's a lot that goes with it. And, and if you take that same grave and, and go into another book that's, that's out on the market, and or another one, or another one, and you look, and they, they tell the same story, not the depth that you have, but they just tell the same legend, if you want to say, about each one of those uh you know, each book, because you can tell they either just got it from the internet or they just copied it from one another. Uh, it, it doesn't have the depth that, that your articles have, which I find fascinating. Well, I, I think it's important. And I also try to be really original with a lot of my stories because there is so much that's out there on the internet. So I don't rely, you know, solely on the internet. I'm going to find a cemetery that I want to write about, I'd rather just go for a drive and find a cemetery or, you know, let the cemetery find me in some cases and, and write about it. Um, and, you know, if there is a story that people have written about, you know, I, I want to get into the backstory and the why and sort of set the scene and, you know, learn a little bit more about it than, you know, what's out there on, on the surface. Now, when I first started writing, about these places, there really wasn't as many books on the market as there are now. No, that's so it's, for sure. You know, it's, 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 it's crazy how many are out there now. Mm -hmm. and, and a lot of them basically is the same old book, to be quite frankly. Uh, you know, and, and that's because they, they get their research from the internet or they get their research from the, the book and just steal it, to be honest with you. They change a few things, but um, yeah, it doesn't have that depth, which is what you have in it. And, you know, it's so important to do that research. Uh, in my, I, I talk about different things in my lectures and presentations sometimes, and I always talked about this place called Witch Hollow. And um, I got a, I received a message from uh, a descendant of the Tyler family, and they said, uh, you know, I, I heard this lecture, uh, or someone told me about it. I can't remember the exact same thing, but basically they heard about me talking about the ghosts of Witch Hollow. And they wanted to know where I got the information. And that was like, okay, that's not a problem. So I went to my file and I have like three or four newspaper articles that I copied, uh, you know, Xeroxed or whatever they call it nowadays, and, and had those physical copies of these stories so that I had the background information. This is where it came from, you know, so I, I can validate my, validate my uh, story. This is where it came from. 
So, you know, I can't tell you if these articles are, are you know, 100% sure, but this is where it came from. At least I have that. And, and we don't see that too much nowadays. We don't have that uh, validation of a lot of these stories other than the internet. People say, oh, yeah, I read that on the internet. And that's what it goes over and over again. No, and, and that's so true. And you make such a good point, you know, because you never know. And, you know, again, just going back to, New England being, you know, as, as close as it is and so many generations, you know, literally all around us, you never know. I, I never know. And it happens to me all the time with the books and the tours. I can be writing about something and a, a descendant or, you know, a relative or somebody that, you know, was connected to that person that I've written about can ask me any number of questions. And particularly, if, you know, if I'm writing about somebody that has passed, which almost everything I write about is, you know, people that have passed. You know, I want to make sure that I get it right. I give enough information. I do hold on to, you know, to my sources. Um, it, it, it's so important to to do that for a number of reasons to, you know, not only to capture that history and tell it in the right light with the right detail, but to also be respectful to, you know, there's still, there's still traces of these people around. There's still descendants of those people around. And, you know, they're not afraid in many cases of, of speaking up and asking questions as, as you gave in your example. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, that has always been my, my pet peeve uh, about mediums at times is that uh, they'll, they'll go into, you know, they go into these investigations, sometimes ghost investigations, for instance, and they'll go to like a, a school or something that's, that, you know, it's closed by now. But then they'll, they'll say, oh, the, the, the principal there, he, he molested the children and everything else. And, and they'll come up with this stuff with absolutely no validation at all. And yet this this person who they, they like to uh, call as a pedophile uh, has relatives that are still living. And, you know, it, without doing the research to validate that, all you're doing is, is giving your impression. OK, well, this is what I got. It may be true. I'm not saying it isn't. But you can't just throw that stuff out there like it's, you know, nothing because it, it can hurt people. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I think sometimes you're not saying that, you know, they're right or they're wrong in what they're, you know, they're picking up on. You, you have to be, you know, I really think people have to be careful when they start throwing things like that out there. You know, you, you can get whatever impressions you can, you know, get that reading while you're right. there. But, but you have to go back and give it some sort of context because, I mean, you can also... You know, and I don't think a lot of people realize that you can you can hurt a, a lot of people. You can start reputations for people. I mean, it's you know, it's it's hard when you're out there in the public because I really strongly think that you have a responsibility not only to the dead but also to the living. Um, it, it's it's so important, and I've tried over the years, you know, to make sure that you know, and what I do because I think people from all backgrounds, all walks of life is to make sure that I keep as, as stellar a reputation as I can. And, and it's so important because, again, you know, um, in a case like that, I would be mortified. I wouldn't be able to show my face and I ran into a situation like that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's sad in a lot of ways. And, and I think, you know, people get caught up in the, all these TV shows and everything that's out there. And they, they think, well, okay, I can say this. And, you know, it, it makes makes it look like there's something scary there or whatever but you know it has consequences at times so you just can't throw shit out there pardon the expression and expect it uh you know not to have any consequences it it can uh so but 
that's that's we got on the high horse there. Sorry about that. That's it's always been a pet peeve of mine. Um, so Roxy, you are still doing your tours, I assume, right? And and if I remember, uh, you have some Christmas tours coming up. Um, so I, 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 the walking tour season has, um, has come to an end. Oh, I'm um, sorry. I, my apologies. No, 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 no. That's fine. I, I still have other things that are happening. Um, okay. because it just, you know, by the middle of November, which is when, when I end the walking tours, mm-hmm. um, it, it does, it gets really cold out there and in Portsmouth, the wind just channels through those, those old alleyways. Oh you know, yeah. It's yeah. not always a ghost. It's just cold. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, but we, I mean, we had, we had a, a, an outstanding season. It was very exciting in November to have, you know, a tour on November 10th and it was 70 degrees out. Um, yeah, isn't amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, but, but yeah, so I am, um, actually I was contacted, uh, about a week ago, um, in regards to a, uh, hotel that is here on the seacoast, the beautiful, um, beautiful boutique hotel, uh, from the 19th century, and they are interested in um, doing some uh, winter ghost stories and talks. So mm-hmm. um, I haven't announced it yet. I, I'm not going to give the final details until you know I get it all all nailed down. But um, it, it should be really exciting. And I like to do a, a lot of things in um, in the winter um, mm-hmm. in different places, you know, places that we normally don't have time to go uh, during the season. Um, like this weekend, I'm actually going up to uh, to Bangor. Uh, up to Bangor to uh, to do the main authors. Um, it's a show with like 40 other main authors. And I'm like one of the only spooky people that are there. But mm-hmm. what's cool about that is I'll get to go up. And once that event is over, we're staying over the next day. You know, we're going to go around again um, and see, you know, if there's any place that we can visit or document or anything like that um, and oh, bring sure. those stories back. So there's there's always there's always things going on. There's always workshops online and um, the occasional event. I have an open house um, at my studio in Portsmouth next weekend. Um, oh, where's your studio? Uh, where's your studio? Uh... My studio is in um, downtown Portsmouth on the corner of uh, Congress and Middle Street. It's right above um, the restaurant called Jumpin' Jay's Fish Cafe. And um, I have a, a small studio there that I do my my readings out of my workshops out of. So um, we're going to have an open house with lots of crystals and books and fun things for sale. It's been oh, like cool. three years since I've done an open house there. So, so there's, there's things on the, on the calendar, just, you know, not a, a steady um, tour schedule. And, and you and I just put um, an event on the calendar today as well, coming up for March. I actually have it um, on the website already. Oh, do you really? Wow. I do. I do. I, no, I'll get, I I'll get that up. Uh, I'll get that up on my website then. Yep. Um, and that is uh, Saturday, March 4th of 2023. So um, we are back at the South Meeting House, which um, we, we've been there a couple times. It's such an amazing, amazing place. Um, mm-hmm. Built in 1866. Very historic, architecturally beautiful. Um super super mega crazy haunted and we're going to be back for um another haunted evening at the south meeting house where people can come in and bring their pendulums or their dowsing rods and you know cover the history of of the area with uh with pictures and of course we're in the old red light district we'll take a walk through the building you'll fill in your side and and what you do and it sort of meshes very well with what i do there 
Yeah, it's it's fun. It's, I always like doing events with you. Uh, you know, uh, in our books, Ghost Chronicles and, and more Ghost Chronicles, we we talk about different ones. So like we did at Cape Elizabeth with uh, um, what was the name of that place? Uh, that so we, we did, did the In by the Sea with Lydia. Yes, Carver. yes, that was so much cool. That that was really neat. Uh, yeah, we've done you know a bunch of different events with you. Of course, the original when you were involved in the lighthouse and you brought us in for that first investigation, that was fun. I mean, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great, your city, you, you own Portsmouth the way I look at it. You're the queen of Portsmouth. And, uh, if anybody wants to know anything truly about the history of Portsmouth and and not only the, the dark side of it, but also the history side of it as well, because they go hand in hand, uh, Roxy certainly has it. So, Roxy, these events, where can they, they find them? Um, if you go to our website, uh, newenglandcuriosities.com, um, if you uh, click over um, into uh, special events and field trips, you'll find that. You'll find some of my workshops over there as well. Um, and, of course, you can always go to um, my Facebook page, New England Curiosities, although I haven't haven't put this up because I was, I was thieving, thieving it to announce it on your show. Oh, wow, that was nice. Thank you. I appreciate You're that. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Of course. And uh, Roxy also has her own show, uh, which is called Wicked something or other. <laughs> Wicked Curious. Not, not a big jump from the Wicked Curiosity. So it's Wicked Curious. It's on, on all podcast platforms. You can find it out there. Yeah, it's it's a great show because, once again, it's, it's different than other ones there. And... Uh, yeah, it's uh, definitely worth a check out to check out, uh, and I'm sure it's connected to your website as well, so you could probably get it off there as well, right? Absolutely. So, you, you like I said, you have been uh, doing this for quite a while. Uh, what what's the fascination about graveyards? Because you have written several books in the Book of the Dead. So, I mean, how how are you, is is that more fascinating than just like regular like buildings and stuff uh, graveyards more fascinating than historic buildings um i mean i i do love historic buildings and i love architecture and i've i've been able to learn so much about the different styles of architecture here in new england but there is something um there is something about cemeteries or graveyards or burial grounds um that is it, it's really just amazing because you know we go back to you know, the ones that we can see from the 1600s. So Portsmouth has New Hampshire's oldest burial ground, which is um, from the mid 1600s, like 1656, somewhere in there. Um, they debate the, the exact date, but somewhere in there. But even previous to the colonization of New England, um, you know, if, if we go back to, you know, the the days of, you know, the red paint people, or um, even even the Vikings that said they had come to Maine previous to that, and that some of them were buried, you know, in excavations that have been done, you know, over the years, they've actually found some of these graves that go, you know, way back before the settlement. And it's very intriguing to me to realize, you know, in school, you know, back in, oh God, back in the 70s, you know, there was so much that was left out. Um, uh, of, you know, and, and things are changing, you know, as far as, as what, you know, what we're told in regards to history these days. But that's really some of the only relics that we have 
that connect us to our, our early past are these burial sites. And to, to hear, you know, that when they're building an on-ramp or they're pouring a foundation for a house, that they still sometimes find these relics that predate, again, New England as we know it, um, is, is really just amazing to me. Like all those layers of history that we're literally standing on and that we're built on. And then, you know, as we get into the 16 and early 1700s, the gravestones are such a reflection of the beliefs and they tell us such a story, sometimes in literal terms on the stones themselves. It's just, to me, it's such a connection to to the past. If I want to learn about a community, the first thing I'm going to do is go to the cemetery. Mm-hmm. Well, we are coming up to the, the break time here. So uh, I do want to, and, and uh, mentioned in graves uh, just recently, uh, and I say recently because I don't know the exact date, but they didn't they found a, a Negro burying ground under the streets of Portsmouth or something? They did, um, and it it dated back to 1705, and it's you wouldn't even know it's there. It's, it's supposed to be um, approximately three to four hundred people okay. underneath about a hundred houses. Unbelievable, huh? It, it's really incredible, and it was um, you discovered in 2003. Okay, wow, time flies, doesn't it? It does. I thought it was just a little while ago, but that's that's like almost 20 years ago. It's like I know, isn't it crazy? Yeah. Well, anyways, we got to come up to the break. You're listening to Ghost Chronicles: Next Generation with uh, Ron Kolick, uh, Noanne tonight, and my special gro- yeah, gross, my ghost. Wait a minute, special. Guest is Roxy Zwicker, author and tour guide. Oh, my God. I can't believe I screwed that up so bad. Sorry, Roxy. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we're brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 386 Merrimack Street, Bethlehem, Massachusetts, the Glant, Messier Family, Log Road, 15 High Street, North Andover, Massachusetts, and our very good friends on Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon. Become a member, and you get access to over 40 videos and other cool stuff. So check it all out. We'll be right back after the following messages. Do you have a paranormal event, book, or something else you want people to know about? Then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678. Hello. Hello, can you hear me? My name is Harry Price. I am speaking to you via the medium of the Ghost Box. Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Parax Radio, The Ghost Channel, and even on something called a podcast. Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing. Although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. 
The other is Stephen Parsons, and he's a paranormal scientist. Well, Mustache, I'm required elsewhere on something called a K2. But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. And we are back. You are listening to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ron Kolick right here on Toji.Radio. Radio. Our special guest today is Roxy Zwicker. Roxy, that of course is a theme to Van Helsing. If you had a theme song, what would it be? Oh my God, that's such a good question. Um, Come on. Here's your chance. Anything. Oh my God. Well, I mean, my. Uh, my my ringtone on my phone makes people laugh um, because I have a Night Rider. Oh wow! The TV show from back in the eighties. That's my yeah. uh, that's my ringtone. Um, I, I guess you know probably something in in that line that's you know that's exciting. I guess. Wow! That's, you totally put me on the spot. That's probably one of the best questions you've ever asked me. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I must be besides <laughs> myself. <laughs> You must be. You must, uh, must be. So gotta, you, you have to think about that and, and uh, yeah, post it. Let me know. And uh, so that that'd be cool. Uh, I don't know. Maybe uh, Adam's family. <laughs> I do. I like. I like the Adam's family. Um, for sure. My, my ring. Seen, my uh, ring. My ringtone is the X Files. By the way. Of course it is. Why, <laughs> why am I not surprised? But yeah, so yeah, I mean, all the WWE and WWF, wherever they are now, were uh, had their own theme songs, and uh, you know, so it's like I was talking to Dylan. Dylan was on the show, the the international show, and I, I remembered my very, 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 very first uh, presentation. It was at the Methuen Library, and. Uh, what we did is we had a, a boombox and we played Ghostbusters, of course, and we walked into the back of the uh, library uh, after we was on. So that was like a, a thing. See, back then I watched too much of the WWF. That was a problem. <laughs> <laughs> That's but, awesome, though. I, lo- I love that. That just adds a, such an extra layer of fun. It, it's so funny that I, I even mentioned that because I had a dream last night that. Uh, uh, I did something similar uh, at, a, at a presentation, and then, like, uh, there was like three, four girls in the front, and they said, "Oh, I see where this is going," and they walked out on me. It's like, "Oh, wait, wait a minute! This is only just the the point here. It's a point here." <laughs> is that weird? I just dreamed about that too, and I, and I didn't even know I was going to talk about any of this, but huh, strange. Well, so, maybe it's a premonition of some sort. Yeah, oh, don't tell me that. I don't want people walking out on me. <laughs> Never had it. No, uh, me, no, me either. And I don't think you would. Yeah. The the worst, uh, I, I used to do, as you know, I used to do the Festival of Dead in Salem. And I did it for 13 years at the Hawthorne Hotel. And that was always 
always a tough audience to deal with because there was like a hundred people there all the time and half of them were drunk and it was like, oh my God. Oh. You, you have to be that that is the only time that I ever got a bad review on Yelp. <laughs> oh my God. In, in Salem of all places. I can't, well, it, it had to be from someone that was drunk because obviously they probably didn't even know what they were doing there. Because, you know, back then it was, it was uh, spectral evidence goes 101. So we would look at some of the equipment. And one of the equipment was a ghost meter pro. And basically, I read the instruction. Now, if you're not familiar with the ghost meter pro, it, it's, I'm sorry, it's a silly piece of equipment. <laughs> it's got different modes on it. And one of the modes is like for ancient ghosts. And one mode is for recent ghosts. And, I, you know, so I just read the instruction as it was and, and how you could charge people for investigating their houses, which is an instruction and all this stuff. And people went on the opposite. Oh, we went to an event. And, and the, uh, the host of the event uh, was reading instructions from the, the thing. And about, uh, it was like, oh, my God, whatever. It was a joke because that's how funny what? they were. Yeah, that oh was my, my God. Uh, oh, yeah, that was funny. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, that, you know, you know, the old say you can't please all the people all the time. You know that as well. That but is true. I'm sure you, I'm true. sure you do. I'm sure you do. I, I didn't mean you don't, you know that. I mean, I'm sure you do because I, I've gone to your tours. You're, you're a very good storyteller and, and people are enthralled by it and they get caught up in what you're saying. So you, you do your job very well. <clears throat> I've said it. Well, I, 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 tr- I try to be well-rounded and, you know, at the start of, you know, every tour that we go out on, you know, I usually will try to gauge the audience and, you know, ask how many people believe. And then, you know, there's always, there's always some, sometimes it's a few, sometimes it's half. Yeah. Some of them are dragged there by their girlfriends or boyfriends, right? That's right. And that's what I say, you know, how many of you were, were dragged here, you know, they'll, There'll be some history. Hopefully you'll learn something. So, I, you know, I try very hard to make sure that, you know, even if you're not into it, you're going to walk away with with at least something, you know, some sort of tidbit or history or appreciation of, of something. And, you know, I think that's something that I, you know, going on other ghost tours, um, you know, I always want to, you know, when I'm out on vacation, I try to take other ghost tours to see, you know, how other people do it. And, you know, I, I try to keep my own, obviously, my own way of doing things, um, you know, try to include everybody is uh, it, it can be challenging at times for sure. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say that, you know, there haven't been a, a couple of people that have been challenging in, you know, 20, mm-hmm. almost 22 years. Um, so, you know, it's, it's trying to to hone it to be um, entertaining as well as informative is really important to me. I think so, too. And And if you if you're listening and you haven't done a ghost tour, you should, even if you're a paranormal guest investigator or anything, they're a fun thing to do. Uh, you know, you can bring your kids with you too. And a lot of them, I, I went, my first ghost tour I ever did was, uh, at, uh, historic, uh, Williamsburg and I was a candlelight tour and that was the most fun thing I've ever did. I didn't even believe in any ghost back then. I wasn't involved in ghosts or anything else. Jen and I, and my son were on vacation. We went there and they said, well, let's do this. It's different. And uh, we did it. And I absolutely loved it. I think they're a fun thing to do. So if you haven't done them uh, or done what a Roxy's especially, then, then you should. They're really, they're really, really a lot of fun. Even if you don't believe in ghosts and everything, they're just fun to do. 
it, and it, it's such a great way to understand a, you know, a, a city or town in, you know, about an hour and a half or, or two hours. Like, you know, most ghost tours will, will jam pack in a lot of information in such a short period of time. Mm. So that way, you know, it's, it's, it's a good jumping off point if you're looking for um, something else to do or to, you know, to ask your guide where's a good place to eat. Sometimes they'll, they'll have a haunted place that you can go eat. So it's, um, it, it's really cool no matter where you go to, to try one out. Sure. So let me ask you this. I mean, in your ghost tours, do you ever touch on the, the dark side? I mean, the really dark side. I mean, like, you know, do you, have you talked about murderers? Have you talked about uh, evil uh, people that have done evil deeds? Uh, are, there, are there any of those in your research or books? Um, there is. There is. Um, I, I try... Uh, in most cases, to to keep those stories um, a little more uh, historic, I try not to do anything that's terribly recent. Um, right. Although, you know, every once in a while, you know, those stories do sort of creep in. Um, there is there is one story that was just as bad fall. Um, I had shared on my downtown tour, and there was a girl who was about ten years old, and she went running away from the tour, crying with her mom. Um, and it, oh. it's about uh, it was about in the 1960s or so in a beautiful house. And I, I actually learned the story from a gentleman who had come on my tour that owned the house um, for over 20 years. And he was happy to share that and let me continue to share the story. But um, back in the 60s, there were uh, two twin eight-year-old boys that lived in this house um, who was owned by a dentist. And the dentist was away one afternoon. And his office was in his house. And the two boys decided to go into his office while mom was in the kitchen and play dentist. Oh boy. And one brother sat the other in the chair. Now imagine they're twins. And he pulled over the tray of instrumentation. He decided to turn on the ether, which was the gas. And he took the mask and put it on his brother's face. Oh. Uh, he left the room to get a soda and came back about five minutes later. And, in my mind's eye, when I tell these stories, I always see them. Mm-hmm. And he walked up to his twin brother who was sitting, you know, in the chair in his father's dental office. And his brother was completely motionless and lifeless. He had gassed his brother to death. Yo. And, and the father came home, found out what happened, took his wife, took his son and, and left. And the house ended up being sold. And, I've had people on my tours that were um, patients of his. And then um, the guy, Charlie, who had bought the house, told me, you know, over the next 25 years, people were talking about seeing the boy in the yard or in the stairs or what have you. And he was afraid that it was initially going to be bad for business. But, you know, he realized it it was, you know, pretty much the story that came with the house. And when I tell that story, you know, just imagine, you know, that, that poor, that poor boy that went on with the rest of his life, you know, mm-hmm. knowing what he had done. Um, people really do stop and take pause. Like I've had like people crying on the tour when I oh. told that story. And you're standing right in front of the house, which is it's a very unusual looking house in its own right. Um, that's one of the, the darker stories that I tell. Um, of course, I talk about the infamous double axe murder out on Smutty Nose Island. Yes. Yeah, that's a that's a, a really incredible story. Um, we have the the story of um, Ruth Blay, who uh, ended up 
um, being executed for concealing the death of her stillborn infant. She was the last woman that was executed in New Hampshire. Um, she's in an unmarked grave in town, which the whole area is supposed to be um, haunted. And she was brought to the streets of Portsmouth pleading for her life. And, you know, the executioner wouldn't wait. She ended up being executed for something that, you know, would not have gotten her executed today. No one would have even cared um, what was going on in her life, but she was pregnant and unmarried in the 1700s and she oh. wouldn't mention who, who the father might have been. So she was really a target. So some of these stories, you know, they, they're, they're scary um, in, you know, in the context of what had happened. Um, there's a lot of lessons to be learned and, you know, I'm not, I'm not purposefully and intentfully going out to share these lessons, but there is, there is a lot that we can learn um, from our history and from these stories. And, you know, these sites are, they're still out there. You know, that house is still there. Ruth Lay is still buried where she's buried. It's, there's still tons of stories out um, on the Isles of Shoals. And, and those are the stories, again, you know, with all the layers, like we were talking about, that I just, I love to share. And, and people, you know, they're on the edge of their seats and they're like, oh my God, like I had no idea. Yeah. This, of course, the one up there about the, the mother and the children in the cave off of uh, up at, Betty uh, Moody. Yes, yes, that's that's a sad one too. Talk about scary one. That's that's pretty sad. Yeah, that is really really sad story out there. So many stories on the aisle. Mm -hmm. is, is that is it? knows where. Uh, is that where a Spanish galleon went down and the, and they found uh, some of the. the that people made it to shore, but they they froze to death. Is this the yes. graves are supposed to be out there as well? Yes, you are you are hundred percent correct about that. It was in in the winter and they were waiting to be rescued and as they were clinging to what was left what you know for timbers of the ships, they, they froze to death out there from exposure. Yeah. Supposedly the graves are out there, right? Yeah. Supposedly. Yeah. Supposedly. They, yeah, they're they're supposed to be. Amazing history. We 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 know, you know, New England has got such deep and, and layered history, like you say. I mean, you know, everything from pirates. I mean, the the, the pirate stories from uh, up at uh, those islands, the shoals are amazing in themselves. There's so many. Some of them are stories. Some of them are legends. Some of them are, are true facts. Uh, you know, this it's just amazing stuff. And then we have everything from the Revolutionary War to you know. Uh, uh, slaves uh, to the underground railroad to to the hijacked tunnels, uh, you know the red light districts. I mean, th there's so much hist layered history of different things, and of course, we, you know, just normal people too dying, but uh, great normal people as well. So it's it's oh, and amazing. I, think that, 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 I mean, that's something that we we often well, I I don't um, that sometimes people overlook. Uh, you know, all, all those different layers of history and, you know, what, talking about um, the enslavement. So, you know, a lot of people don't know that, you know, Portsmouth's first enslavement ship was in the 1650s. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when we talk about enslavement, you know, particularly we had mentioned before the break about um, the burial ground being discovered in 2003, a lot of people that I've talked to over the years, you know, they have no concept of what enslavement was up here in the north and how early it was and you know um you know the different means and methods um that enslavement took you know certainly in a city like portsmouth 
so you, you know it's 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 both sad and amazing that this barrow ground was discovered in 2003 or when you actually research the story you'll find that it was rediscovered because it, it was dug up several times um in the 19th century but nobody really uh paid it any mind or uh, gave it the respect that it deserved um it's it there's there's, there's these little pockets of history that you know sort of fall by fall by the wayside you know in particularly in uh in portsmouth which portsmouth was the capital of new hampshire um for the first hundred years you know george washington um you know had had come to town and you know, I when I'm in Portsmouth, almost every every day I go by the building that you know he he was in and visiting the family. And you know, there's a street that's named Washington Street. You know, this isn't Washington. You know, isn't it a fictional character? Like he was really in town, you know, doing business and and meeting people. And you know, he had a purpose. And it's just that that stuff. Um, it just amazes me. You know, that's just one one page. You know, out of all the different pages. Um, in Portsmouth, you know, from Ben Franklin to to Paul Revere to you know, just I can't even begin, you know, with right. with all those layers, and you know, to to be able to share those those stories or you know, to walk down those streets, there's just there's something that um, just connects on such a deep level with me that I just sometimes can't even find the words to express. Mm. Now you've done events at the uh, is it the Port Portsmouth Opera House or is it which I forget the the name of it. Uh, what's the theater there? Its name? Do you know it? We we we've, we've, we've got we've got um, a, a bunch of them, and I've worked with um, several theaters in town. Um, I've worked uh, I've worked for a year with the, the Players Ring, Seacoast um, Repertory Theater. Um, I'm friends with a lot of folks over at the Portsmouth Music Hall, which is one of the- Portsmouth Music Hall, that's the one I was thinking yeah, about. On, yeah, on one of our tours. And it's just, um, it, it's such a fantastic place. But, you know, in, in 1980, they were talking about tearing it down. And, oh, wow. you know, it was, it was a person who came in pretty much at the last minute to save it. And, you know, most people just assume, well, the music hall has been here since 1860. It was never in danger. But there was a time when it was, you know, closed up and abandoned, much like the Wentworth. You know, oh, we're, yeah. we're at a point now with the Wentworth by the Sea, people, you know, younger people don't know, you know, a time when the Wentworth wasn't open. Um, and that place is insanely incredible and has so many stories. Oh, yeah. I mean, presidential, that's, uh, you know, uh, so much tied with it. But uh, going back to the Upper House, uh, the Upper House, well, I forget what it's called now. See, I, the Music I, Hall. <laughs> music hall, thank you. The music hall. I know it was wrong, but I just couldn't think of the name. Uh, the music hall. I mean, I I, I got to meet uh, Jim Carter, who was the butler from Downton Abbey. There, uh, we saw get to meet him personally and everything. That was fun. But the place is supposed to be uh, haunted as well. Oh my God! It's 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 super haunted. Um, there's so many. Um, Many stories, uh, particularly since the the renovation in um, in the 1980s, when you know when they finally decided they were going to be able to reopen it. I mean, the ghosts were active almost immediately. Um, they have a a ghost cat there named Ollie, which is really super cool. Um, Ollie was actually a real cat that oh, wow. the theater had in, in the 1990s. He was a black cat. And the folks at the theater actually thought that Ollie was sensitive to spirits. And if there was something going on and they wondered if, you know, 
uh, you know, maybe it might be a ghost, they'd actually watch Ollie and watch Ollie's behavior. And um, that gave them a lot of confirmation. Okay, so there's something here that we can't explain. And then Ollie passed away. But during tours, um, when you do the historical tour with the theater, um, the tour guide, as well as other people at the theater, have told me that people will be backstage and they'll feel um, an animal rubbing up against their feet. And that was, you know, the spot where Ollie used to like to hang out on all the, uh, the ladders and the catwalks that were back there. And I love the story of Ollie because it's kind of like the, the circle of life. You know, he was brought in because of the ghost and now he's a ghost himself. Um, it's just, it's really, it's, it's so, it's so funny. And I mean, they have lots of other ghosts that are there. There's a man in um, a gray coat that is there. There's um, all sorts of strange things um, that happen overnight in the theater when um, they're either cleaning up or doing restoration work. Um, everybody seems to, uh, seems to have a story. In fact, um, you might, you might find it funny. I was speaking to a man who, uh, was one of the uh, the hands on the gundalow, which is the the low flat barge. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, really nice guy. He's kind of funny. He he, he reminds me a lot of you. Um, he, you know, probably same age group. And he said he was going out on a first date with uh, a woman to the music hall. And he said as they were you know sitting in their seat ready for the show to start, he turned around and told her, you know, hey, if you feel something down by your feet, you know, that's not me. It's the ghost cat. <laughs> and he said she turned around and looked at him oddly and uh, didn't say much for the rest of the evening. And he said he never got a second date. <laughs> and I said, you know, that's probably not first date material. No, that's not something you want to bring up, evidently. What kind of pervert <laughs> are you? <laughs> I, know, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, the Gundalos, that's a cool thing. We uh, It was a couple of years ago, Steve, uh, we, we did a, a uh, cruise on the, on the Gundalo. Uh, so that that was it was like the coldest time of the year it was freezing but uh oh, yeah, yeah it was fun though it was a cool place though it was i mean a cool ship i mean the gun bullets it's fun uh, that, that i mean that's the great thing you, you they have we're lucky we are so lucky in new england because we have preserved a lot of these uh experiences that that uh are lost without it like the you know the the gun that they rebuilt it that they have that you know the light people like the lighthouse keep the lighthouse keeper up the the theaters that are that are being reborn the wentworth i mean history coming alive again that's the exciting part about new england and and uh what we do here in preservation it it really is and you know it's it's amazing you know i've been on you know ghost tours in, in other cities and things like that and unfortunately some of the stops that you take on on their tours, you know, you're standing in front of a parking lot or a vacant yeah. lot where something used to be. Mm -hmm. So we're so lucky, you know, that we can stand in front of the lighthouse and tell the stories or sail on the gondola and look at Portsmouth from the water as it would have been seen back in the 17th century. You know, um, it's just, we are truly, truly lucky that there is that preservation effort that's out there. But, um, you know, it, does, it doesn't come easy. You know, a, a lot of this is, you know, it's, volunteer driven it's fundraiser driven um you know i try to at least a couple of times a year um to do some fundraising tours or events mm -hmm. to you know help keep these places going because some of them are on you know a, a shoestring budget to keep you know keep these places open and active oh, sure. while yeah. others like the music hall is you know now self-sufficient but um all, all these places are just so wonderful it's it's uh 
it's amazing, and, and the people of New England are amazing, and, and uh, people come from all over the country to to go on these tours, to go see these buildings, to see this history, which is still alive, because it's still here. That's why. And, and I think sometimes, you know, it, it, you know you're, you're out with someone who is, is from away, which, you know, I, I'm lucky I get an opportunity to see that through, um, you know, the tours and events, where, you know, we get people even just from the West Coast you know, aside from, you know, overseas and people that are from Canada, like they are just, you know, dabbled by, by New England, you know, by our old graves and our old buildings and our, our layers of history. And sometimes you can just imagine, you know, seeing it through their eyes. It just gives you a whole new appreciation. Yeah. We're coming towards the end. I, I wonder if, do you have a funny ghost story? Do I have a funny ghost? Yeah, story? I, yeah. We we don't have any we don't have any lighthearted ghost stories that give us a chuckle now and then. Uh, you know, I I was just wondering if you did. I mean, I, I on the uh, morning show I, I I brought the Highgate chicken uh, around, which I, I I think is funny. It's a ghost chicken, so I mean that's funny to me. <laughs> but uh, no, no funny stories. Nothing that that will um, amuse me. Yeah, See, um, the, I mean, so, uh, I guess, I, well, you know, what I could do is, um, I guess I could kind of uh, take inspiration from uh, from the chicken story, um, okay. because I also have a chicken ghost story. There you go. <laughs> um, which, which is it, 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 it's funny, but it also has a, um, a a bittersweet element to it. Okay. So, um, so this story is out in um, in Mar- it's from Martha's Vineyard, and um, it's about Nancy Lucy. She's the chicken lady, mm-hmm. and um, I, I tell this story in some of my presentations. Ken and I actually went and visited. Um, her grave. She uh, is buried in uh, West Tisbury, which um, again is out on the vineyard. And um, it's a huge tourist site. Now, if you go to see it, it has um, all chicken figurines all over her grave. Oh, geez. And uh, they're everywhere. So um, she was 73 when she passed in 1890. And people came from all around. People heard about her, you know, New York, everywhere. Um, because she, her family, what's her chicken? It, it sounds really strange. And when her chickens died, she went to a local gravestone carver and had gravestones, like people oh, wow. gravestones. I hate to tell you this, but we're running out of time, Roxy. And so that you, those gravestones are still there. So the gravestones are in um, in the museum mm-hmm. um, for uh, Tweedle Deedle Beedle Pinky was one of her chickens. Oh my God. Anyway, so we, and, do have, um, we do have to wrap you gotta it up. you got to visit her grave to see all the other chickens. Okay, there you go. I'm sorry. I didn't know we were that close in time. Anyways, you make me hungry for KFC now, anyway. Uh, anyway, uh, we've been speaking with Roxy, uh, New England Curiosities. Check it out on the web. Uh, all her events are coming up. And look forward to my event with Roxy in March 4th. Uh, so thank you very much, Roxy. You've been listening to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation right here on Tojinet, brought to you by Circles of Wisdom. Uh, and also our very good friends on Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon. Join us three bucks a month, cheaper than a cup of coffee. You get access to over 40 videos. 
Good night. God bless and take care. Thank you, Roxy. Good night. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.